I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Because like a lot of medicine, it can be hard to swallow. But we need every last drop that the doctor orders if we want to get cured. And I think that's everybody in this room. So last week, we talked about how we restrain, reject, or replace the truth, right? Both in this world and in God's word. Well, I'll tell you what, if avoiding truth is our condition, accepting it is our cure, all right? And that's what we're chasing today. And that means we must find a way to make the medicine go down, even though real truth's not real popular these days. You know what I mean? Because to some people, for some reason, the truth can feel frightening. Downright scary for some reason, but we've all been there. We've all been there at some point. Even Jesus's boys, if you recall, you remember the the rough boat ride that they took to go see the Gadarene? When it said the disciples woke Jesus and said to him, Teacher, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified of him. Terrified. And remember, right after this, when they make sure the, uh, the reaction to Jesus casting the demons out of the guy and into the pigs, the people went out to see what had happened. I mean, I'm sure they heard the squealing and what have you, but they went to go see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, just sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. But then... Those who had seen it told the people the truth, the whole truth about what it was that had happened to the demon-possessed man and the truth about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to just leave their region. Get out of here. They are so scared. Why? Why are they so scared? Because in both, both stories, both these stories, a powerful truth about Jesus' identity was revealed in a positive way. Calming concerns by quieting the storm in one and neutralizing threats by cleansing the land in the other. So why all the fear? Well, here's what I think. I think a demonstration of truth's power forces us to change what we think about our power. And that's the real problem right there. Truth presents the threat of change. We don't like that so much. Because it's not really truth, right? It's not really truth that hurts. It's the change that it brings. Because if you're in step with truth, it's actually quite affirming and comforting. It's really nice. It's It's wonderful when you have that feeling. We only fight it, however, when we see it as a threat. And truth is only seen as a threat when it jeopardizes something that we love, like comfort. 
or control because we don't want those things changed. We love them just the way they are, comfortable and controllable. And if some truth comes in here and tells me that I have to reconsider what I believe about the things that I like to believe, well, them's fighting words. And our instinct is to go after whoever's behind that uncomfortable and unwelcome info. And we see this, actually. Paul knows how this goes. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth, he says to the Galatians? Yeah. And, and also notice this. With the storm and the demons, did you notice how sensitive we can be? Because when you really listen to those stories, Jesus didn't do anything to them. He was just being himself around them. That was it. The ones who got scared were actually triggered by their own recognition of, of how truth might somehow disrupt something that they didn't want changed. And they knew that the presence of truth alone, on its own, might change them in the same way that light changes the dark by just obliterating it by existing, right? You turn it on and it's just darkness is gone. It's also like, like when Coke and Mentos find themselves in the same bottle. It's like that. The chaos is just the result of their proximity to each other, right? Nobody did anything. Mentos were just Mentos. Coke was just Coke. But similarly, wherever God's truth meets our sin, Mentos explosion. That's how it goes. And we get anxious because we're compelled to consider the painful prospect of change. It's just got to happen. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work. Did you get that? Get that right there? Do the work. To stick with the truth that we're gonna that we, we're looking for, we're gonna need to endure hardship and work. That's part of the process. Because to reveal our heart's condition, which is what we need, he's got to make us sweat. Because God's come to diagnose and treat and ultimately cure his kids of their untruth. By truth. He does it with truth. How? By just being truth in our sinful lives, in our bottle of Coke. <laughs> That's us. There's nothing cruel about this. It's just, it's just a way for him and us, very important, and us, both of us, to see how we're getting along with truth. It's kind of like when your doctor makes you get on a treadmill to see how you're getting along with exercise. Same basic principle. So make sure that you understand this, because this is something that we can get foundationally wrong and kind of forget to go back and deal with. Jesus just offers truth. That is it. The pain is the result of our human reaction. That's not him. And he came to us, and by coming to us, he's trying to teach us that very lesson, how we are the ones who hurt ourselves, trying to clue us in so maybe we stop doing it. What a guy. But this is how he brings judgment. He's like, I don't have to discipline you. 
I can just bless you and let you discipline yourself with the consequences of your own behavior. You do it. We, every parent in the room knows how that works. You just, okay, you got it figured out, go for it. And then they come back, I broke something. Yeah, I bet you did. And in that way, free will is a sticky wicket, guys, because it offers us both perfection and pain just depends on the choices that we make. And God knew that our sin nature was going to mean choices that would make his presence and his truth painful from time to time. So when we only see Jesus as our healer, we're only half right. Absolutely, he is. But he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves to kill our complacency and confront our self-sufficiency and, and turn us from our outright rebellion. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble because sadly that's what it takes. That's what it takes to get our attention. But then he calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they the troubled are glad because they, the waves, are quiet, appreciating the calm they would have ignored before the storm. But now they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. See how that process works. Now, at first, when you see that, you kind of might think, well, that's a bad God. No, it's a good doctor. It's a good doctor because it's exactly what it takes and it's exactly what we need. I know how this, when I was 14, you know how the doctor knew that my appendix was about to burst? By jamming her thumb right into it and making me curse in front of my mom. She just, really, she was like, does this hurt? <laughs> it did. Well, I'll tell you what, the pain in our life reveals where we're spiritually weak. Wherever life hurts right now is right where Jesus is sticking his thumb to let you know where you need a dose of truth. He might make you curse in front of your mom. It could happen. But he lets you know whether you're living in contradiction with God, others, or your own true self. But that pain ain't going away until you let truth change you. Change you. Because if you're manipulating the meaning in his word or the matters of this world in any way, well, blessed is the one whom God corrects because you need that. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Instead, accept the painful process of change for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. Because like a good doctor, his wounds and injuries have good purpose. I was talking to my wife. My wife's a nurse. She's telling me about this. There's all sorts of procedures that you might need when they're working on you. They actually have to do something and you go, ooh, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. And then they go, for a second, but we're going to fix it. You know, it's like breaking a bone to reset it. Sometimes you've got to hurt to heal. But that is the change that truth brings, the healing. That's the change. We just have to remember that truth can't kill our pain until it kills our sin. And in the same way we psych ourselves up and follow pre-op instructions, if we want to persevere through God's procedure, we got to prepare. 
We got we to gotta prepare. He's given you a sheet of what to do to endure. And first things first, we need to receive our diagnosis. We got to take it in. And that means we need to see where we went wrong, right? Healing, healing is only a change for those who admit that something's broken. If you think you're already healed, you go, no, I already got it. I don't need it. Thanks. I'm, I'm good. But it's a change for the broken. And with God, you don't have to drop your pants, but you do have to drop your defenses and let him have a good long look at you. Otherwise, he can't. I mean, we're just stopping him from having the ability to prescribe any remedy to us. He needs to see what's wrong. We need to see what's wrong. Like Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Sinners, that's who he's looking for. We need to thoroughly examine every inch of ourselves to check for the untruth of sin so that the good doctor can prepare the right dose. And here's the good news, bad news situation. That means also enlisting the help of others. Because there are places on ourselves that we can't see. Right? You need somebody, to, what is that thing? Um, you know, you need to ask for help. And our spiritual diagnostics should include truth-testing questions like these, okay? I want you to really answer these to yourself. Get your, medical que- your spiritual questionnaire filled out so that you can talk to the good doctor. But here's some tough questions that you need to answer honestly. Do you struggle with anger? Or use unloving or, or harsh language? Do you worry? Do you judge or make rash statements without good reason? Do you admit when you're wrong? Or do you, do you get defensive and stubborn and just dig your heels in? You know, my wife usually fills out the questionnaires for me and the doctor, she would take care of that one too. <laughs> Big yes for no on that one. Yes, you do. Stubborn. Do you serve well? Or do you abuse whatever power you have and manipulate people? Do you have integrity? Would people say that you have integrity? Or do you lie and gossip a little too much or compare yourself constantly to others? Tough questions, but necessary because this step is key because God can't proceed without honest answers on that questionnaire. And that means we've got to be prepared to be embarrassed and convicted by our list of sinful symptoms. You're going to have a lot of check marks on that questionnaire. And Jesus reminds us, Jesus says, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. In an uncomfortable process of change, but free. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. He's got us there. Yep, it's true. We restrain it, we reject it, and we replace it. But for real change to happen, we need to actually take our medicine. Right? It does no good on your shelf. If a doctor gives you pills and you accept them, but you don't take them, you don't believe them. Because believing means that you would be making room for your treatment every single day, taking those pills. Our whole lives need to be 
built around, centered around our daily doses of truth. And so things like devotionals or small groups serving in your church, and especially some of that solo scripture time, you and God and his word, should become part of your routine to accommodate and advance the effect that truth is having on your life. Those are your pills. And Jesus actually prescribed spiritual truth in his word to change us. It's actually really cool when you see it this way. When he says to the Father, sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify that, that process. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So test all things by his word and hold fast to what is good. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. There's our change. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. That's how you do it. But it does take effort. It takes effort to keep the pattern of this world, that it says, in the, keep the pattern of this world from interrupting our treatments because old habits die hard and we've been conditioned by this world to live with lies as a chronic condition. That's just how we're supposed to be, says this culture, this whole world. It just, it hurts all the time because you know it doesn't work, but we just say that's just how it is down here. No, it ain't. Reject that. Reject. You don't live with it as a chronic condition. We're looking for a cure. And after listing out all of your sin on that questionnaire, it's easy to feel hopeless and start skipping doses. I don't know if you're familiar with the shame spiral. I know I am. When you start missing something, you go, ah, just forget it. Just throw out the whole thing. Ooh, that's tricky. You can't do that. You got to stay with the program. You got to take your medicine daily, make room for it. So each day we can transform our minds when we recenter ourselves and our thoughts on this one truth. There's one truth that really helps with this. God's got a plan from the beginning all the way to today and forever. God's got a plan, had a plan, has a plan. He does not feel hopeless or ashamed about you in any way, any more than a potty training parent might. Because he's seen you at your worst and he wants to help you because he loves you in spite of your potty mouth. And getting cured, actually taking your medicine and getting cured is the most rewarding thanks that you can offer a doctor. Right? That just says, I trust you, I believe you, and I, I'm thankful but it does not mean that it was pleasant for him. The opposite. It was incredibly painful work that he put in because of you and your condition and my condition. And we need to understand that, not to feel guilty. This is not a guilt thing, but grateful. We need to feel grateful, thankful, because only true gratitude will compel you to consistently swallow those tough truths that bring that healing change. So lastly, once we've rooted out the sin and taken in the truth, actually getting it in us, we need to trust the treatment. That's the next and last step. Let's say you're filled with the truth. You've been taking your medicine all the time. Well, that's just great, but now it's time to use it doesn't do you a lot of good if you just sit in a chair. It's time to use it because we take truth not just to kill off our sin inside us, but to live it out, live out our faith. And yet it can be hard. 
even for disciples who are overdosed with truth like we saw. But God knows that. Because remember that boat ride. He's actually still trying to teach them to trust the truth that they've been taking every day since they joined Jesus. Talk about a you know, healing regimen. They've been around him every single day. Which is why he had to say, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Well, they were terrified. So I guess that's a yes. So why were they still afraid of truth? They spent this, all this time with him. Why were they still afraid of truth? Well, they hadn't practiced standing on it. They had not practiced standing on it. We all know that truth needs to move from your head to your heart, right? That's where it becomes real. But that's not the end of the journey. You know where it goes from there? Real truth moves from your head to your heart to your hands. We start doing something with them. Because real change happens inside and out, right? That's where it manifests and becomes real in this world through you. So we need to anticipate. This is one of those steps of prep that we have to do. We have to anticipate being a little gun-shy as we learn to lean on God's truth instead of our own. It's a, it's a process. Athletes always talk about this. I don't know if you noticed, but after like a big knee surgery, they always talk about how difficult it is to trust the knee again. They're afraid that it's just, oh, and I know the doctor fixed it, but I don't want to put all my weight on it yet. But eventually they do. If they want to get back in the game, you have to. So do you. Do you want to get in the game? Can you rely on his healing? You ready to really handle his truth? I'll tell you, if you're still afraid, if you're still afraid of letting go of your present understanding of this world and God's word, because it could mean a life of uncertainty and ignorance and insecurity. Don't worry, it could. It absolutely could. There's a very high degree of likelihood that you're gonna to have to deal with some of that, but that does not mean a life of pain. Because after the change, the Lord is your comfort. And we can still seek in uncertainty. And we can ask in our ignorance and knock with insecurity all the while still 100% knowing that God is God. And we can trust him to deliver the total truth in the right daily doses to heal us as it changes us from sick and scared to righteous and ready. Fearing nothing while God himself changes everything. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, guys. Father... God, we love you and we praise you for your patience with us kids as we, as we grow to know there's no fear in your loving truth. Holy Spirit, help us to build our lives around your truth as we work to take it and trust it and ultimately stand on it. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for enduring the cross so we could see the threat of change is only the promise of healing. And everybody said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. 
Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.